0: All right, we're getting a late start here. A few technical difficulties. We're ready to roll now. This is Chin Music. This is our baseball show at TalkNorth.com. He's Lavelle E. Neal III. I'm Jim Suhan from the Star Tribune, and we're going to talk about the Rangers, the Twins, everything that's going on with the Twins and Major League Baseball. Before we get started, Lavelle, personal note, I first moved to town in 1990, and I stayed at that Marriott over there for a while before my family got here. Nice. And I would come over to Glicks every night. So I'd eat bratwurst, have a beer, hang out. So and then you know, I'll move to the suburbs, raise my kids, stop spending so much time downtown. Now I'm back downtown and my band played here last month, and this is the best band experience we've ever had. Great stage, people dancing, people singing along, twins fans coming out. It was a blast. We'll be back here December 2nd if anybody wants to come out and join us. We might make that a birthday party for Jerry Holt, our one of our favorite colleagues, what our great the name photographer. Of your band? Uh, bar, chords. bar chords.
1: Bar chords. Yes. All right.
0: So we'll be back here December 2nd, thanks to uh Grain Belt for all the, I mean, thanks to Glicks for all the hospitality. Also, these shows down to our live shows downtown are sponsored by Grain Belt. Tonight, during the show, $5 Grain Belt Elite Pints. $5 Grain Belt Elite Pints while we are doing the show. Uh, take advantage of that. We appreciate Grain Belt sponsoring all the shows.
1: $5.
0: $5. You don't get that in America very often anymore. All right, let's go really big picture before we break things down. Yep. Rangers twins, two first place teams playing in one of America's great ballparks, steps away from us. Are you excited?
1: I am very excited. Um, I think this is a very interesting part of the schedule for the twins after playing two games against Milwaukee and letting uh, Wednesday's game get away from them, unfortunately, uh, with the bullpen. But it reminds me of uh, Tom Kelly. Every time uh, the twins would play the Rangers, he called the Rangers the airborne Rangers. And I think the airborne Rangers are back, baby. They've got offense. Uh, they've got, uh, they have a makings of a good rotation. Their top three starters are strong. They have a good bullpen. This would be a great test for the Twins. It's going to be the type of teams they're going to run up against here once they make the postseason because look, they're going to make the postseason. They, they're 90% locked to make the playoffs because no one else wants to win it in the Central. And the rules say you have to have a division winner. So why not the Twins? So this is a good measuring stick for the Twins. Not, not just because of. Uh, divisional positioning and keeping the lead versus Cleveland. But, you know, playing some games against quality competition should bring out their best. I want to see it happen. You would hope, yes. Uh, in addition to the Grain
0: Belt special, again, $5 for Grain Belt Elite while we're doing the show, we, will also, we also have a headset stage right. And if anybody comes up and asks a question, uh, Lavelle will choose who ha- asked the best question. At the end of the show, we'll give away this Jim Cott bobblehead. Pretty cool stuff. And somebody who knows Jim Cott, I think, uh, I think this is a really cool thing. Jim's one of the great ambassadors in baseball, one of the great pitchers in baseball. Hall of Famer. I was thrilled to see him go in the Hall of Fame because even if you want to quibble with some of his stats, uh, as a figure in baseball history, he's too important to not be in the Hall of Fame.
1: I agree the total package with Jim. Um, pitching, he cared about fundamentals. He was like, a, uh, what, 14 gold, gold gloves, 15 during his career. Um, pitched for a lot of good teams, pitched for the White Sox after the Twins didn't want him, came back to the Twins. I mean, he, he's had a real, really productive career. And he's also contributed as an analyst on television and radio broadcast with the Yes Network and has done some national television as well. So uh, Jim Cott has touched them all as a player and a broadcaster. And I'm happy he got in. And it was great. It was just a year ago that Cott and Tony, uh, Tony Oliva got inducted together It's part of the same class, which was deserved for two guys who have been toiling away in the Adventures Committee for so many years. So it's good to see uh, get that, and that's why it makes his bobblehead even special um, because it's a Hall of Fame bobblehead. And so, yeah, the best question gets the best bobblehead. I still get
0: emails from Jim sometimes when I write something that strikes a nerve, for for better or worse. Um, So you talked about the Rangers. They are going through what could kindly be called a market correction right now. Lost seven of the last nine. They're a great offensive team. They're in a bit of an offensive slump. They haven't been hitting with runners in scoring position. It almost tells you just how fickle the runners in scoring position stat is. I mean, you can be a great offensive team and have a bad stretch and vice versa. And the Twins are trying to figure that out as well. Um, they have been better offensively since the, since the start of the second half.
1: Well, it's hard to try to determine how just how dangerous a team is because um, – when I mean, you had played play 162-game season, that's a lot of room for streaks. Um, the, the Tampa Bay Rays could not be stopped at the beginning of the year, and they raced out to a lead in the AL East, and now they follow back a little bit. Um, Luis Arias was batting 400 for two months. He's showing how hard it is to bat 400. Um, the Baltimore Orioles have gotten hot now. You have different teams, like, just get hot and get cold during the season. I want to say that the playoffs come down to the team that's playing the best the end of the year. But then I started thinking about 06. The Twins played out of their minds um, after June 8th, uh, won a division, and then got to the playoffs and just stopped playing winning baseball. So I don't even know what to say think, when it comes to who's hot or not going into September or coming out of September. All you know is that it's not who you play in this game, it's when you catch them. And right now the Twins are catching Texas and then when they're not playing their best. Here's what I find fascinating about this Twins team.
0: Great rotation, but some guys who, you know, either coming off injuries or dealing with a heavy workload. Right. Great closer, shallow bullpen right now. Great young hitters who are figuring it out, and their best older hitters are struggling. It's like, it hasn't been smooth, but if you're an optimist, you can see... A lot of those things coming together. You can see this group of young hitters really being ready for October. You can see this rotation giving them three, four really strong starters for short series. You can see Duran pitching most of their important innings out of the bullpen. Right. And you almost have to expect Correa
1: and Buxton to eventually contribute at, at, to their talent level. Yeah, I definitely buy that. Um, it, it, especially now, it looks like there's a lot in the, the Tunnel in terms of his team getting probably as healthy as it's been all year. Uh, with uh, Buxton due to come back, Willie Castor coming back, Kirilov coming back sometime in September. They are going to have all the tools in their toolbox uh, to try to uh, work their way you know, beyond September and maybe, maybe make a run in October. Really concerned about the bullpen, um, and this, uh, this is a testament to uh, bullpens being volatile from year to year. So one year a bullpen could be great, the next year it could be a mess. Uh, that's been going on since I was covering the Kansas City Royals. They thought they had a great bullpen one year with Billy Brewer and and Hippolyta Pachardo and Jeff Montgomery. And it was great for one year. The next year, everybody was bad. It happens. You're looking at this year. I think going into the season, loved Jorge Lopez is a setup guy in front of Duran. He's almost having closer 1 and 1A. One um, Theo Bar from the left-hand side, a little bit from Moran. Akla was supposed to be coming back. You know, there are some things, okay, this could be a good bullpen. But more injuries, Akla hurt again. Theo got hurt. Um, Lopez struggled, had some personal issues He got traded And now it looks, it looks like they swung and missed At the trade deadline by not adding A reliever, I really wish they would have done that um, Before um, Before the trade deadline ended I think that was a the spot they would not have to give up Anything huge in terms of capital uh, To um, To uh, help that bullpen out So talking about running hot and cold uh, The bullpen's done that and Unfortunately they're running cold right now
0: You feel like they might have overspent last year at the deadline and underspent this year at the deadline. And last year they were trying to hang on, but the the injuries were overwhelming. This year they have a good team. They should be in the playoffs. I think they probably should have added somebody who could help them in the postseason. At this point, Jorge Lopez, at least what Jorge Lopez was supposed to be, might be the, the person they missed the most. And Brock Stewart might end up being a big key for them if they can get him back in time for the stretch run in October. Brock Stewart has the second best stuff on the staff.
1: Yeah, he does now. And we don't know when he's going to be back. I mean, that's nope. the great unknown here. He's but, not close. You no, know, they're hoping that he can make an appearance here sometime in September, but I don't know, man. They may have to go to battle without him. And, you know, the player they received for Lopez, Dylan Floro, um, you know, he's not an eighth inning guy. He's nope. not a high leverage guy. He wasn't he's, a sixth inning guy the other day. No, he definitely wasn't. He came in after over and... Um, kind of started, to, uh, started the uh, the drain there. Uh, but, yeah, they got some holes there. and they, they need someone to step up from within and, and become a factor. I'm really curious to see how Rocco handles his bullpen once he gets into October and who's going go to go into that bullpen. Um, you could argue that Kenta Maeda is their third-best starter right now, but he w- could be more effective as a reliever in the postseason, which he's done before with the Dodgers. You know, will that be their, their big addition? I don't know who else um, – Cody Funderburk is a left-hander down to AAA. I don't know if they're ready to give him a, a strong look. Um, Ortega is hot and cold, and he got hurt. Um, the other kid, De Leon, was a De Leon uh, they had earlier in the year? Yep. And he was throwing gas. He got hurt. you know. So they've had setback after setback. Um, so it's going to be kind of tricky here with them trying to navigate late innings because they don't have the firepower they thought they had at the beginning of the year.
0: All right, let's get into some blatant second-guessing here. Uh, first, I want to take, take care of some business. Uh, backstage right, Brandon Morton, our longtime producer. Thanks to Brandon. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio. I uh, want to thank our sponsors who make the network and this show possible. That's Aquarius Home Services, All Energy Solar, allenergysolar.com, Grain Belt, Caldera Lab. We'll tell you more about that product later. I've been using that a lot. And once again, during the show, Grain Belt special. $5 grain belt elites while the show is going on. Also, five. I know, five. Also, if you want to ask a question, you make yourself eligible to win the Jim Cott bobblehead. All you have to do is walk up, grab the headset, we'll, uh, we'll wave to you, you can ask a question, you get to win a bobblehead. Uh, once again, thanks for coming out. And even whether you're here just because you love Glicks or you're here for the show, we're glad you're here. Uh, so the blatant second guessing. I, I don't spend as much time second guessing as I once did. Because it just seems to be fruitless most of the time. You cannot prove you're right. It's a guess. I will say I first guessed the other day. I'm watching the Twins in Milwaukee. And I, I get it. Ober is way over his career high in innings pitch. you got to protect him to some extent. You're, you have a fresh bullpen coming off an off day. You're playing a team that, frankly, hasn't been that good offensively lately. But... Here's what I was thinking when Rocco made the move to Floro. Ober was getting better as his outing went on. He was sloppy early. He had found it. He was incredibly efficient, incredibly crisp. I thought he was really kind of setting himself up to be good for the rest of the season in that outing. And he got pulled, and you're pulling him not for one of your better relievers. You're pulling him for Floro in a tight game. And so I would have second-guessed that even if it had worked.
1: You know, um, it's interesting you bring that up because I've been doing research for a project, and I've been uh, looking at a bunch of Tom Kelly stuff through the years. And the one thing that, uh, you know, people kept saying about Tom, uh, first of all, uh, Ken Herbeck said all the the analytical stuff they use today, it's already in TK's head. He already knows it.
0: See, I'm glad you said that because so so many things people get mad at this Twins regime about. Taking starters out early, uh, protecting pitchers' arms. Uh, wanting, wanting relievers to start innings clean, not be brought in with, when some, to clean up somebody's mess, right. giving people, uh, playing your bench a lot. Uh, you know, Kirby Puck is about the only guy who didn't get regular rest, and he always got rest on the road because they wanted him to play every game at home. A lot of the things TK did
1: without analytics are being done in baseball today and being justified by analytics. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And the thing is, though, Tom had that information, but at the same time, he allowed himself to use his gut based on game flow and how people were performing. And I think uh, he would have issues with today's uh, research departments. If they're trying to tell him that this guy's got to come out after two times through the order because Tom's going to see a guy who's dominant and go, even if there's a drop-off that third time through the order, him dropping off is still better than the guy I'm bringing in uh, from the bullpen. And he probably would have left someone like Bailey Oberin. And you worry about the innings later. Rock was in a tough spot with that because of Overs' history. He had thrown like 108 innings in a season before now. Um, You're trying to keep them, I guess you're trying to keep them healthy through the season so you can use them in the postseason, which will probably be a reliever. Maybe a two or three inning guy. So I I, I get that. And you Um, hope you don't need two and three inning guys in the postseason. You hope your
0: starters get you in the sixth, seventh, eighth inning.
1: Right. But my thing is this. I think you've got to keep the pedal to the metal, and you've got to make sure the games you have a chance to win, you win. And that game was winnable if they keep over in. More winnable if they kept over in. So I, I disagree with Rocco's move there, although I totally understand what he's going through with the thought process about bigger picture here. But it's easier to, to use Ober less later once you've got a 10-game lead in your division. And that's what
0: I'm also thinking is we just saw Keiko have one, you know, best outing he's had in years. He was absolutely dominant on Sunday against Pittsburgh. So, he has that outing. You're contemplating a six-man rotation. I'd rather push over an extra inning now and have Keiko get in the mix as a starter and give, an, give over a break that way than give him the break by saving him one inning. And frankly, the way he's pitching, that inning
1: might only have been ten pitches. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's a really good idea uh, because um, you've got a guy, Keiko, whose arm is He's refreshed. He's ready to go. You can blow him out. I don't want to say blow out. That's the wrong phrase. But you can use this guy. You can use him as much as you want. As much, much as want. you want. Yeah. If he's rolling in the eighth inning, I mean, we watched the, the perfect game in the seventh inning. In, in first batter. Uh, I've been thinking with full count. Second batter, three ball count. I'm like, okay. We are at the wall here with him. But, you know, I'd, I'd rather make a decision based on that than pretending it's going to happen uh, and take him out after six. You know, plus he had a perfect game going. Yeah. So I would, just, I would use Keiko and put him in as a fifth spot and start the transition with Ober now. Uh, what, what's it going to hurt? Um, I would imagine Louis Varland's going to be up here in September. You know, um, you're know, you allowed a max of 14 pitches in September. The Twins will carry 13. i got to imagine if it's going to be an extra. It's going to be Louis. And he and Ober can take turns being like a middle relief, long relief guy or whatever you need them for. And that will help get both of them into October where you can use both of them.
0: I would go six starters as long as Oberkin is pitching well, and he pitched well the other day, and then I would call up Farland as a combo pitcher, whatever you need. I, I will say this. We all love Louie. He's a local guy. Uh, he's you know, he's really pitched above his pure talent level, I think. He's a bulldog. He's got a 4.70 ERA in, in AAA. It's not pretend he's like a savior. Right. He's just a nice extra arm to have.
1: He has pitched better lately. Um, he was getting knocked around a little bit, and he's made adjustments the last two starts, yeah. and he's been effective, but... Uh, you raise an interesting issue too um, uh, about moving forward with, with this rotation. The other thing too is, you know, I think they're thinking about their not just over, but in case the entire rotation, I think, is uh, part of their consideration about going six man, um, even helping Lopez out. Uh, my idea, on Sonny Gray. You know, I, Sonny Gray is an interesting case this year because, to me, he's like the best competitor of that rotation. He's like a bull. He's the feistiest. Guy. Yes. He's definitely the feistiest one, um, but it seems like Rocco's leash with him has been shorter when, than, with, than with some of the other guys. So he sees something in Sonny that gets him, gives him pause uh, once he gets in the sixth or seventh inning. Um, so that that's just observation, and I don't know what the I don't know what's behind that. I'd like to get a better feeling for that. Um, but so when I'm thinking when I think about possibly going to a sixth man I'm wondering if there, that would also have Sonny Gray under consideration too to make sure. You know, he's rested or as, as much as he can be for the postseason. I,
0: I will defend Rocco on that one in that it feels, I'd have to look up the actual stats. I'm just going off feel right now. It feels like to me when Sonny pushes himself, it doesn't always end well. You know, he's, kind of, he's not a big guy. He's kind of a no. maximum effort uh, motion guy. And I feel like once he, when he starts losing it, he can
1: lose it really fast. I can see that. I can see that. Plus, we throw six different pitches, you know. So I, he's it's hard try- to command six pitches throughout the game. Well, mentally, he's probably going bananas every game, trying to figure out which of the six work and which one of the six he's going to use in this situation. And, and it may be a mental thing with him, too. Um, I, but I, I love watching him pitch because I think even when he misses the plate, he misses it with purpose, you know. I think every pitch has a purpose with him. And he, doesn't, yeah. he doesn't get mechanically out of whack too often. Um, he doesn't give away pitches too often. He doesn't give in to batters at all. Um I just think he's kind of a mini bulldog out there.
0: Man, when Roy's on the show, we seem to talk hitting. When Roy's not on the show, we seem to talk a lot of pitching. <laughs> How uh, about that? So let's talk a couple pitches here. Let me let me take care of some business and then we'll come back and talk about Pablo Lopez, Dallas Keuchel, and some other pitchers. Uh once again, this is Chin Music. This is our part of talknorth.com. We have John Krasinski show with the Russo show. Uh we have Viking Update, we have Jeff Diamond's show, John Malay's prep show, a lot of hockey. Outdoor content, tons of sports. Mike Grimm's Go Gopher podcast. Uh, check out, check it out. If you like a show at the network, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's the easiest way to listen. It is also free. Uh, we are allowed to do this. We're able to keep growing our network because of our sponsors. We want to thank Glicks Grain Belt. Again, $5 Grain Belt Elite. $5. $5 Grain Belt Elite during the show. Take advantage of that. Uh, Caldera Lab. So let's, let's uh, thank Caldera Lab, calderalab.com. Caldera Lab, let me make sure I get it right. C-A-L-D-E-R-A, Lab, L-A-B, calderalab.com. Go to calderalab.com, use the promo code CHIN. You'll get 20% off their products. It's the best deal you'll find anywhere. I'm using them and they're doing wonders for my complexion. And, and listen, I, I have an old beat up face. I'm not going to suddenly look like George Clooney, but the good thing is my face actually feels better. I know there's a joke in there someplace. There's a joke in there someplace. I know that. I'm putting myself out there. But it just calms down my skin. And, you know, everybody brushes their teeth every day, right? So why not uh, just buy their product, put it next on your sink, next to your toothbrush, and right after you brush your teeth, put this stuff on your skin. It's going to smooth things out. It's going to make it look better. It's going to make it feel better. It's going to cut down on things like blackheads and breakouts. Uh, Listen, we know that first impressions matter. And if you're not taking care of your skin, that's going to be the first thing someone notices. And they're either instantly even think that you're way older than you are. You just don't care about your parents. Show them that you do and make a great first impression with Caldera Lab. Again, calderalab.com, promo code Chin, 20% off. It's a great deal. Thanks also. All Energy Solar, allenergysolar.com. All Energy Solar, long sponsor. All Energy Solar panel installations are done right and made easy thanks to more than 14 years of experience in Minnesota and beyond. All Energy Solar is ready to take any solar project from design to installation and everything in between. Find out more about going solar at allenergysolar.com slash coach, Uh, or just find out more about what what solar can do for you and either your home or business, going to allenergysolar.com. And we're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio. Thanks to Aquarius Home Services. For Aquarius Home Services, between the heat waves and poor air quality, have you noticed how much time we're spending indoors this summer? It can make you wonder about your home's air quality. Good news. Aquarius is providing a free indoor air purification system with the purchase of a new AC and furnace system. Remove and reduce allergens, mold, and even viruses. Amazing indoor air is just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com. Aquarius, earning the right to be recommended. And thanks again to our longtime producer, Brandon Morton. All right, so I think a storyline that is getting buried because Twins fans have some consternation about the direction of the team, uh, because this has been a daily drama. Pablo Lopez has maybe been the best pitcher in baseball over the last month. Oh, it's been ridiculous. It's like 0. 0.36 ERA over like the last month.
1: He's got, was it a 22-inning scoreless streak? Yeah. yeah, something like that. So it's been fantastic. And this is, this is the guy... Um, that the Twins were looking for when they traded for him. And uh, early in the season, he would cruise and have, like, one blow-up inning, but he's eliminated that now. And it's just a pleasure to watch. Uh, The best changeup in the game. He knows what he's doing out there. He sets up hitters. He's got a little velocity to that fastball, too. Um, It's just just really entertaining to watch. And uh, we saw glimpses of it early. That game against the White Sox where I think they scored him in the first inning and he retired, like, the next 23 batters or something like that. You saw everything he could be, and he's been that for, for this team. Um, and I have no problems with him being the number one starter going into the postseason. I, I'm entertained every time I watch this man pitch, and I think it was a good deal. I think uh, it's easy to second-guess we're right off the bat. But a lot of times when you make a trade, you're not going to find out about it until two, three, four years down the road, you know? And the Twins get did get two prospects back. They were not going to trade for Lopez unless they are getting prospects back. And so... Uh, they got two guys, and if one, if one of them makes the majors, and Pablo Lopez pitches the way he is right now, that's a win for the Twins. Well, no doubt about it. I mean. And I, wa- this, I hope Luis, uh, Luis Arise bats 330 every year.
0: Yeah, or 390. He, right now, he's hitting 355. He's been a wonderful player, 854 OPS. Uh, he's the kind of guy you root for. Here's the thing. Pablo Lopez is also the kind of guy you root for. Yes. Um, he didn't try to get the last dollar in the contract negotiations. He just made it clear that he wanted to be here. Uh, he gets the deal done and he's just a pleasant figure around that clubhouse. He wants people to like him. He wants, he does all kinds of things with fans. Uh, he, it was his idea to bring out the home run jacket. You know, he, he's, in, you can tell he's invested and he combined great attitude, right? Great personality, great pitch mix, uh, excellent spin rate, big, strong pitcher's body, yes. history of good health, uh, wanting the ball, and then surging when his team absolutely needed him the most. You know, I love Louis Arise too, but this is, it's hard to get some team to trade you your ace, and they were able to do that. And this is what
1: they've been doing, you know. you know, The Falvey prospect train has not been uh, very productive yet in terms of developing. In terms of pitching. In, ter- ter- right. in terms of developing, starting pitching. Um, and we've, we've learned now that you probably need to start with 10 or 11 good prospects. and hope that three of them make it. Uh, up the ladder to the majors. But they saw that, and at least they made attempts to try to fill out their rotation using their other prospects as resources. Yes, they traded a potential frontline guy in Chase Petty. Yes, they traded Juan de Canusha, Strand and Spencer Steer uh, for Tyler Molly, Molly, which did not work, which is unfortunate. But that's the risk you make when you make a deal like this. But um, yeah, Lopez is the type of guy, and the other thing about Powell we really like too, he's a student of the game. He studies in between starts. He's as well prepared as anyone in the game when he takes the mound. It's just he, he's the embodiment of what you want from a frontline line starter. Um, so um, it, it's, it's, I think it's a great move for the Twins. I think it sets them up nicely for the future, uh, knowing who their number one guy is. And now you just got to figure out how to maintain a rotation behind them.
0: This reminds me of when Brian Bellick got hired as the Ravens coach because he was an offensive coordinator of a great offense, and then his team won – a a Super Bowl with defense. You know, it was like it really had nothing to do with his offensive scheme. They won because of a defense. A great defensive players and a great defensive coordinator. Now you see Falvey got hired here because Cleveland is so good at drafting and developing starting pitchers. And Derek has yet to really draft and develop quality starting pitchers here. But he's traded for them because this organization has been so good at drafting and developing hitters that they've had a surplus of hitters they've been able to trade.
1: yes. And you look at, you look at um, Royce Lewis and Jose Miranda as a triple A, but you understood why they were willing to trade in Kenosha and Strand. You look at Edouard Julian at second, you understand why they were willing to trade Spencer Steer. So you get that.
0: And Brooks Lee is on the way. Yeah, exactly. And believe it or not, Austin Martin is resurrecting his
1: career right now in St. Paul. Well, they tried to make him a power hitter, and that's not what he is. Right. So he's gonna, it's probably going to happen organically with him. It, organically with him. He's going to get up here, he's going to stick to his game, and then as he gets some more wisdom and some more experience and maybe get a little more man muscles in him, maybe you'll see a few go over defense. But they tried to force the issue, it didn't work. So uh, it happens. He's still a good prospect. I um, also want to point out one more thing about Lopez. The reason I like him, too, is that he's renting Luis Arias's uh, condo I here know. in the Twin Cities, which I think is awesome.
0: <laughs> two, two great Venezuelan ballplayers. Yep. Uh, so what's your assessment of Keiko? We've seen him pretty good one start really bad the second start, and incredibly good the third start. Where's, where do you think the, the truth lies with him?
1: I may be up and down with him. Um, I talked to a couple of um, town evaluators about Keiko, and they were like, they were both expressed concern about his stuff playing in the majors. They saw what he was doing at St. Paul for the Saints. They worried about it c- carrying up here. Mm-hmm. You know, he goes against everything that's going on in baseball right now. He's a single ball pitcher, heavy sinker. If he touches 89, he's probably overthrowing. You know, he's more 87, 88. But he gets ground balls. He gets a bleat ton of ground balls. And that's how he's going to – actually, defenders are going to love him because they're going to put the ball in play. They're going to stay on their toes and stay active. And games are going to kind of breeze by with him. But I think there's going to be times when he gets the ball up a little bit or a professional – you know, the really seasoned hitters are going to make him bring that sinker up, you know, and take advantage of him that way. Um, and it's going to look ugly at times. So I think it's going to be hot and cold for the rest of the year. For
0: a team that struggled offensively for so long, now you look at them and they're. This is a really strange development. They're worried about having too many bats. Or maybe they're not worried. We're worried about them having too many bats. So Buxton's going to come back. Karolov's going to come back. Polanco's already back. Royce Lewis is up. What's the optimal playoff game one lineup
1: for this team? If he's hitting. And when I say, if he's hitting, I'm, I'll accept 250. But if he's hitting some, then Buck's is in center field to me. Uh, if he comes up in September, and apparently he's going to play center field a couple times a week, and if he's still not hitting, um, I have to, if I'm Rock, I'll say, Buck, this is September. This is the merit system at this point. I just can't give you a batch because you made the All-Star team last year, and if you signed a $15 million a year contract this year. Uh, we need production. And things are going fairly well when we had the DH spot loosened up, so I, I'm going to have to make you a spot player here, man, if you're not going to hit. You know, it's going to be hard for him to swallow, but you got to win games. It's bleep in September. We, we've, had, we've had five months to get your bleep together. We can't sit back and wait, so um, I want Buckster in center. I Brandon want,
0: appreciates you bleeping yourself, by the way. It <laughs> saves him some work, <laughs> yes.
1: Uh, I want Lewis at, at third. I want Polanco at second and Julian, the main uh, designated hitter. With flexibility, if if Kilov's healthy, I want him at first, and I'm taking Waldner over Gallo, Gallo in left field, and Max Kepler, who I apologized to in the papers yesterday, can start in right field for me. All right, I'm sorry, Max. Once again, it was my fault for trying to run you out of town. I was wrong.
0: <laughs> I think if Buxton can play center field the way he's capable of playing center field, he's out there. He's as good as Michael Taylor is. Buxton's even better. Um, I think if Buxton can't play center field, I think you could see Buxton against the left-handed pitcher and Julian against the right-handed pitcher at DH. Yeah,
1: I definitely could see that too. And I, and I, yeah, I mean, if Buxton's is hitting 220, which is Michael Taylor, I mean, you would rather have Buxton out there because um, there's, there's more of a power threat and he's faster than Taylor too. Uh, Taylor made a weird error yesterday too. I, he
0: did. And they were they were hey they were sli- we were talking about the bullpen, yeah. but they also made
1: about three bad plays in the field behind those guys that led to. Run scoring. And it really stinks because they lost a one-run game. that uh, they came. I think they led, lost the lead, came back and led again, and lost the lead. And those are the tough ones to, to, to shake loose from. But uh, you got to move forward, man. But uh, I have no problems with Buxton being in a lineup if he's, hit, if he's just being functional at the plate. And maybe playing in the outfield a couple times a week will free his mind and then we carry over to his offense. That's the only thing I can think of.
0: What I was told by some people in the Twins organization is that Buxton did not adapt well to being a DH because he just never got into a productive routine. Um, He would, let's say he came up in the first inning and struck out. He would go back into the clubhouse and I don't, I hate the word, maybe the word pout is too strong, but he would go back there and feel sorry for himself. He would go back there and not be, do anything to keep himself loose. So then he's putting all this pressure on the next at bat and you can't try too hard in baseball. It doesn't work that way at the plate. Uh, when he plays center field, it loosens him up. It, it clears his head. Uh, it, that wasn't happening with him as a DH. I don't think he has the mentality to be a DH. So I want him in center field to see, A, because he's a great center fielder, but also because I think he'll hit more there.
1: Right, right. And that's the belief, too, that once his mind is clear, that he'll be more productive. And I, I, I wonder if Buck even decided, even thought about call, picking up the phone and calling uh, Papa Obama squad himself, uh, Nelson Cruz, asking, what did you do as a DH? You, what did you do between innings? And now more am more thinking about this. Why haven't the Twins hired Nelson Cruz as an extra hitting coach? The, the, the Detroit Tigers, I didn't Extra no- hitting coach? How about the main hitting yeah. coach? Oh, yeah, well, you're right about that. I went over to talk to James Roussel when Detroit was in town. He's the assistant hitting coach. They have two other hitting coaches on the major league staff. Okay? So you're, you can have, find some room for Nelson Cruz. Just for uh, clubhouse, uh, clubhouse camaraderie and chemistry. And he'll maybe screw some head, heads on right about hitting I still want to see James in here next year. I do, too. I do, too. Um, and I got some pushback from a couple of readers like, oh, 2019 was so long ago. Sorry, there are guys it doesn't who, matter. Some guys are in a great frame of mind working under Rousen, and he hasn't lost that ability.
0: And I, I think there are always a lot, of, uh, a, lot of str- a lot of misconceptions about major league hitting coaches. They're not taking somebody and, and stripping them down and building them back up. They're just trying to get them to be ready for the next game. And Rousen, because of his personality, his charisma, the way he connects with people, he puts people in a good frame of mind. When he and that's that's the main part of that job.
1: Yes, yeah, he used to crack jokes about the next the, the opposing pitcher and stuff, yeah. having a bright red nose and things like that, and stupid stuff that would make everybody chuckle, but they make him relax, you know. And you have to be a part psychologist when you're one of these coaches here. Or all psychologists. Yeah, exactly. That's true. To, to just make sure, because you don't want people thinking about. They're supposed to go up and read and react when you get in the box. You shouldn't be working on your swings in between pitches. You know, you shouldn't be taking time out to try to figure out how... You want to be able to have an idea of how you're going to be approached. But when it's time to hit the ball, you just let your mechanics take over that you've already worked on before the game. And you have the freedom to recognize pitches quick and, and attack the baseball. And, you know, sometimes, especially with more hitters than one on this team, it seems like uh, they're always a step behind when they're at the plate. All right, one more
0: one baseball topic here. Shohei Ohtani goes oh. out his UCL. What a disaster for the Angels. They decide not to trade him, try to compete. They're not going to make the playoffs, and now Ohtani's hurt.
1: Uh, I just can't imagine a worse scenario for them. It's bad for baseball. Um, I think he was, he was a unicorn. He was one everybody wanted to see perform, either if it's at the plate or it's from the mound. And the thing about the Ohtani, I feel bad for the Angels because I believe that they are in a tough, tough spot at the trade deadline. Even thinking about trading them because if you're Otani and you're Otani's agent, you are going to go on the free agent market after the season. You're going to see what teams have to offer. You're going to go wine and dine and see what their best offer is. Teams have the time to uh, put together a plan of attack, to clear, off the clear, clear payroll off if you, if you want to add a $50 million a year salary. So if you trade Otani in June, you're not going to get back maximum value for him because a team that adds him is probably looking at this, he's going to play here for two months and he's going to be gone. So what are they going to give up for him? So even, I just thought the Angels were in a tough spot there because they weren't going to get uh, as much as they could uh, for, for Otani just because of the contract that's going to be attached to him. So um, they decided to keep him and this happens. Um, Daddy, they're they battling, they've been sniping a little bit. You know, Mike Trout having a couple of injury issues. Uh, not having their pitching developed the way they wanted it to. It's, uh, it's been a tough go over there for the Angels. And, um, and now they're going to have Otani just walk, or maybe he'll come back if they offer him $60 million a year. I don't know. But what do you do now? If you're a team, you're signing Otani for, you're paying him free money for a year to rehab, and then you'll see him in 2024, you know, I mean 2025. Um, how's that going to affect what you're willing to give up for him? Are you going to? Say, look, we'll pay you $10 million next year to rehab, and then you'll make, you'll make $50 or 60 a year after that. I don't know.
0: What we, got, what we know is somebody like him, somebody will overpay. Somebody get excited, you know what? It might be the Mets owner.
1: Yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah, because, you know, Steve Cohen, you got to give him credit. He got rid of Sir Scherzer and Verlander. That knocked him down a notch on the luxury tax scale. Mm-hmm. So but even though they, they agreed to eat like half their salaries, they still got under the threshold, so they're actually saving money by with the deal. So, and maybe that gives them flexibility to do something crazy during the offseason.
0: The Lavelle Neal curse is in full order. Uh, <laughs> yes. We we just sat here and praised Papa Lopez. He's already got a home run and a run. I'm, I'm not saying that changes any our assessment of the man, but Lavelle, you got to stop saying nice things about Twins players. Oh, it, it crushes them.
1: I, I praised uh, Pagan in the paper yesterday yep. too. And what happened? Yep. Within that's my hours, point. Within hours. Within hours. <laughs>
0: A few more minutes left in the show. It means a few more minutes to take advantage of the Grain Belt special, the Grain Belt Elite Pint for $5. Take full advantage. Thanks to Grain Belt for sponsoring that. Uh, once again, we are live at Glicks. Uh This is TalkNorth.com. This is Chin Music, our baseball show. Usually we're joined by Roy Smalley. He was indisposed tonight, but you can check out all the shows at the uh, at the network. We appreciate it. Thanks again to our producer, Brandon Morton, and thanks for coming out to Glicks. Uh Is Milwaukee
1: looking for and going to get a new stadium? How about that? How about we the last few days? Not Milwaukee, but the White Sox. You know, so now Milwaukee apparently is going to go to the legislature. They want improvements or another stadium. And Miller Park is not that old. What 2000 and when was the, when was the All Star game? It was um, God 2002. 2001. So it had to open in like around 2000, right? Yeah. Oh man, 23 years later, they want a new ballpark and they want upgrades. What upgrades do you want? The one thing I got to give the poll ads. And the Sports Facilities Commission here, uh, credit for is that they keep upgrading a little bit, of little after every season. Um, they add vine, they add a ribbon board in right field. They add the disco ball in right. I call it the disco bar ball. They expand the scoreboard. It's not like one big. We need 400 million dollars to keep uh, keep everything up to date. Um, they attack it after every season. They just kind of keep it up, keep up with the times. And so you avoid these moments when they walk in and say, yeah, we'd like to have $450 million in improvements, or we're going uh, to demand a new stadium. Now, are the Brewers going to th- threaten them to leave town? I can't believe that Bud Selig, even in his advanced age and being retired, he would walk over to that stadium and say, you are not leaving the state of Milwaukee after everything I've been through. Um, but Kansas City released artist renderings; so they want a new stadium. But the Truman Sports Complex is getting a little old. It is. The Chiefs have. It still a, works, though. It does. The Chiefs haven't said they've come out and said we would rather have, stay here and renovate. Yep. Uh, the Royals want to move somewhere, uh, either close to downtown or a place where they can do what the Braves did and have a bunch of developments yeah. around the stadium, kind of like what Ziggy's doing out with the practice facility here with the Vikings, and then the White Sox. They have six years left in their lease. Six, and Jerry Ryan starts to start rallying the, the rat, saber rattling now, saying, um, "You know, we want to." New stadium. And we want it here or in the suburbs, or maybe we'll go to Nashville. Maybe we'll go to Nashville. Uh, it, just, it just baffles me. And Jerry brought this on himself. He built a bad ballpark. Well, I want to say bad ballpark. He built a stale, unappealing, antiseptic ballpark. He built the last ballpark that wasn't a great ballpark. But they, told, they gave him, they showed him plans for what Camden Yards was going to be. We can, you can do this, Jerry. No, no, no. I just want a stadium. Well, they were behind the eight ball as soon as it opened. And they, they spent millions renovating. They chopped off the top five rows. It actually looks halfway decent now. Yeah. And the concession game is probably one of the best in the league. But, you know, I'm sure Jerry wants, when it comes down, to it, it's all about Jerry. He threatened to move the White Sox to St. Petersburg. Now he's going to re- use Nashville's leverage. I wouldn't be surprised if he sells a team and doesn't care anymore and just cashes out. He only paid $120 million for that franchise. It's now worth like $2.5 billion.
0: Be bad news for the twins if he's be sold because I think he runs a bad baseball operation.
1: Yeah, he doesn't know how to hire the right people, and he's incredibly loyal to a fault. Because Kenny Williams has been with the organization for over thirty years, starting yes. when he was with a player. He was a player. Rick Hahn goes back to 05. He was working under uh, Kenny Williams. Um, he brought back Tony Larusa. Oh, and now as as we look back now, Larusa wasn't a problem last year. I know the problem was the, the weeds are already in the garden. Uh, by the time Tony got there, and he didn't have a big enough of a hole to drag drag him out with. So uh, they they probably that manager's probably be one and done too. That place needs a plunger.
0: <laughs> All right, let's get a final thought from Lavelle. Thanks to everyone once again. Uh, always great to be at Glicks. My band will be here December second. Uh, that will be fun. It was a blast with last time we were here as well. And again, uh, Jerry Holt, by the way, Jerry Holt was the photographer on the uh, piece I did on Gerard Hughes that's online now and in the paper tomorrow. Jerry's one of the great photographers uh, in America. So uh, always great working with Jerry. So give me a final thought on anything on the Twin Cities sports scene that you like, LaVelle.
1: Anything in the sports scene? Yes. I should have given you more lead lead time here. (laughs) No, I know what I want to to talk about now because I talked to you about it Sunday in the press box. When I saw on Twitter Kendrick Perkins announcing Anthony Edwards is going yep. to be the, the future face of the NBA, I was like, oh, boy, here we go. And then I got online and started reading stories, and Steve Kerr is gushing over Anthony Edwards. He said, we're not running plays for him. He's scoring 30 points. Mm-hmm. Um, he is taking this game to another level, and now he's getting national and international. He's going to use this tournament to get international recognition for being one of the elite players on the globe here. And that that helps the Wolves in so many different ways because – car Anthony towns is not an alpha um it's better he's better off being a competent sidekick he's better off being all right i'm not trying to get too far on my skis he's, he's better off being scotty pippen and michael jordan okay you're, over, to, you're <laughs> over your skis to, 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 to run to, to be the, the the big dog in that club in that locker room so this is great and i also think that he'll Andy edwards may start to get some foul calls that have not been called on him the first three years of his career for some reason now maybe he's Getting the recognition, everybody's like, okay, there's a superstar in Anthony Edwards. Well, you got to make sure he's taken care of. All right, now we're going to start calling fouls. So this is a win-win here. This is a great showcase for Ant. If he can stay healthy, he's going to put up numbers, and it's going to lead to a lot of energy going into the next Wolf season.
0: All right, I'll piggyback on that. Uh, my last thought will be on two other great Twin Cities athletes. Uh, Justin Jefferson, the way he's handled himself this summer in the middle of a contract uh, negotiation, showing up, not holding in, not holding out, not complaining about it. Uh, I was out there the other day, he was signing autographs to all the kids and dancing for them. Uh, And then then Royce Lewis, uh, one of the most engaging, polite, fun young athletes I've ever been around, and I think he's a great player as well. Uh, This this market is actually set pretty well with great young superstars.
1: Yeah, you include a... uh, Kaprizov with the Wild, mm-hmm. who's with 26, 27. He's on the old, old side of that group. But you, know, you got a guy who could be the one of those four. Either, either one of those guys, each one of those guys could be the toast of the town. Every year when their sport, when the baseball starts, it could be Lewis. Basketball starts, could be Ant. Football, Justin, hockey, Kaprizov. It's, and Nathisa
0: Collier, and Nafisa who's still Collier. young, and she's a great player.
1: And it's awesome. She's come back after her family expansion project, and yes. she is uh, – uh, leading the, the, the Lynx to the playoffs. i gear, I predicting they're going to make the playoffs. After everything that happened last year, the disaster that team was, they're going to be in the postseason. They will. Uh, last note from
0: Glicks. Uh, I live in downtown Minneapolis. I walk over to Glix. I walk to Target Field, Target Center, U.S. Bank Stadium. I walk to plays, concerts, uh, restaurants, North Loop, Northeast, downtown. Uh, I know you, it's really easy to If you live out state to be afraid to come downtown, I've been downtown. The place is packed on Friday nights. It's packed on Saturday nights, It's packed for events. They're closing off certain streets so they can have street fairs Uh, during the day. There are food trucks. This is a great place to walk around. Just if you come down, show some common sense, stick with crowds, stick to well-lighted places, go to the crowded bars. You'll be absolutely fine just like I am all the time. I highly recommend coming down to downtown Minneapolis. And when you're down here, stop by Glicks. Uh So, hey, thanks to everyone who was here. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. And all the rest of the shows for the uh, rest of this, this stretch run will be at talknorth.com.